0: Health Matters, brought to you by Acumen Diagnostics. For more information, please call 8339 8766. Now, Health Matters with Daniel Martin. I'm Daniel Martin. Welcome aboard, everybody. Thank you for joining me. And this edition, recognizing Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month, I want to learn and zoom in more on colon cancer, it's said to be the most common cancer amongst males here and the second most common cancer among females. And when you come. Bind those numbers, that would make it the most common cancer in Singapore across the genders. It's also said to be a leading cause of death and morbidities. What can we do in terms of getting those numbers down? How big a part must we all play in understanding screening options for colon cancer, particularly once we hit over the years of 50? Because we have tools at our disposal that can truly help turn the tide. I'm learning more on today's edition as I speak to Dr. Chu Bok Ai, who's a Senior Consultant in Radiation Oncology at Icon Cancer Centre. Dr. Chu, welcome back to the show. Hi there.
1: Hi. Thanks very much for inviting me.
0: Looking at those numbers, gosh, number one amongst men, number two amongst women in terms of commonality. Why such high rates in Singapore, Dr. Chu?
1: I think in Singapore, it depends on the lifestyle. Most of the time... the colorectal has increased in incidence and actually it doubles the rate over the past 40 years when looking at 1960 to now, uh, uh, over 40 years duration. Roughly about 2,300 new cases are diagnosed per year. But majority are still because they're over 60 years old and, and hence it's associated with older age that we get and more a Western lifestyle uh, related to diets and exercise and there are a lot of other uh, risk factors that could be involved.
0: Is it worrying, you think, I mean, these numbers, these rates? I mean, obviously, like you said, in line with the lifestyle changes and I guess in line with international numbers as well. But it is it is worrying to see these these high rates, I think.
1: I think the rates, if you say, that all cancers are actually increasing in incidence. Uh, I think the only thing that is dropping in incidence, uh, good news is that lung cancer is dropping because of uh, uh, lower rates of smoking, you know, both first and secondhand smoke. But overall, as the aging population goes up, we will see increase in rise in colon cancer and prostate cancer also in men as well. And the other thing that what we see an increased risk that uh, is possibly because, you know, we, we say that we're eating less vegetables and there are a lot meat, red meat, meat and processed foods. And also the family history are now more relevant as we are more aware of it and people are still smoking, and drinking alcohol, not to moderation, but actually an increased amount. And not all are physically very active. And as we go older because of arthritis, and maybe we lost that active lifestyle as well. And as as we get older, these are some of the potential risk factors.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious, like all this, does this mean therefore that the next generation, I mean, looking at the numbers now and the rates that we see now, that the next generation is likely to face a little bit of a heavy burden in terms of colon cancer treatments?
1: Yeah, I think the first thing is that we must look at three things. Number one, we have to uh, address the risk factors to reduce the risk. The second thing we need to look at is also increase the screening ability and colon cancer, fortunately, that is a screening program uh, because there are a few tests that we can do actually to detect cancer early. If a patient is detected with early colon cancer, we call colorectal cancer because the bottom part of the colon is called rectum. There's about 90% chances of a cure rate. And the third thing is that we also try to improve on the technologies and medical uh, uh, oncology field that despite uh, uh, a successful surgery, we sometimes see the cancer can recur. And so we want to diagnose early, have early surgery and also... uh, effective adjuvant treatment to reduce the risk of cancer recurrence. So all these strategies we are trying uh, on the medical world and try to improve all this.
0: Actually, since you mentioned it when you brought up the idea of the colorectal cancer as well, let's let's distinguish it for our listeners. I mentioned colon cancer in my introduction. I mentioned that it's also colorectal cancer awareness month. uh, And then you mentioned the colorectal aspect as well. What is the difference here, colon cancer versus colorectal, let's say?
1: So we so there's something called we call upper GI tract, gastrointestinal tract, and there's a lower GI tract. And in the lower GI tract, we have small bowel, large bowels, and at the bottom of the large bowel, we go to sigmoid colon and end up in the rectum, which is the last 15 centimeter of of the bowel uh, exiting to the anus. So this is called the rectum. Uh, cavity. The vacuum cavity is usually fixed in the pelvis, whereas the colon is in the abdomen, and that's why it's an anatomical boundary. But essentially, they're the same. They are lower uh, GI tract cancers.
0: Got it. Okay, so now that we understand that a little bit better, I want to ping back to the idea of what you just mentioned. We have a good screening program, good screening tools. Um, Talk to us about that, and the fact that while we do have these rates, if you combine male and female rates in Singapore it will be the most common cancer in Singapore. But we have the tools and the protocols in place to help mitigate this, don't we?
1: Yes, of course. You know, the, in March 1920... Uh There's a report on the screening test review committee in Singapore which actually highlighted a few screening programs that that, that can be done. So there's a screen for life program now by the Health Promotion Board that enables Singaporeans to screen for cervical cancer, breast cancer, and colorectal cancer. And most of the the cost is actually 0 to $5 per visit only. So as as we say, we we focus on colon cancer alone. So there is a distribution of a FIT, which is called a fecal immuno AC a uh, kit uh to, to eligible Singaporean permanent uh residents. And and for that it's a very quite an easy community, but it's a stool sample. There are now available other techniques that we can screen as well, for example using a blood test as well, although it's less for uh less uh in the know now because it's still new technology, something like epi colon can. Actually, we look at the biomarker cellular changes that can detect any uh, mutation changes inside the cellular and they also sometimes can actually pick up a uh, very early stage uh, colon cancer as well. But the mass population is that the cheapest way is actually doing two samples. But the two samples sometimes is inconvenient. Now, then we go to the gold center, which is actually colonoscopy, as many are aware of now. The colonoscopy is invasive, but it's the most accurate, what we call a standard ghost uh, protocol to detect very early-stage cancer or even precancerous uh, lesions like polyps, which is, could be benign but can become cancerous later in life. So on average, there are about 1 in 20 will get colon cancer in a lifetime. So screening detects uh, early cancer, especially at a high-risk group as well. Uh, but average uh, risk that we start screening at 50 years old onwards.
0: So that's the thing. It's We have the tools... And we have the protocols and we have the awareness that these are effective and we'll talk more about the power of the colonoscopy later on as well. But there are things holding people back, logistical aspects, maybe social or stigma issues, or doing like things like the fecal test and things like that. What do you think is really holding people back from taking advantage of these screening options?
1: Yeah, there's something that I asked myself and actually uh, a few of us in locally, we've done a study and using a survey just asking people why do people don't go for recommended screening let's say for mammogram uh, ultrasound for for breast cancer and colon cancer and, and cervix cancer for a so one of the studies actually uh, combined four polyclinics in singapore that the most common cited reasons for not attending let's say for breast cancer screening is because of you don't have any symptoms at all in the breast the lack of time or fear of pain because of the mammogram another study looking at other barriers is like fear of unnecessary treatment And also worried that in case the cancer is diagnosed, you know, they have to go for treatment as well, also fear of treatment. And also they're worried that the low sensitivity for early stage cancer, so the thing that the the screening tool may not be effective enough to detect cancer. So these are a few examples that a local survey has shown that that's why people do not go for it. Now, another survey done in actually Germany, uh, because we say colonoscopy is a gold standard and recommend that over 50 years old, we should at least go once uh, a lifetime to go for a colonoscopy to pick out any polyp history. And, and that study has shown that actually because it's invasive, a lot of people do not like you know, to have a, a camera test into the to the back passage onwards. So those who actually advise to go for screening colonoscopy, only 37% of them pick it up. But if you combine uh, blood and also uh, stool screening uptake, as this is considered non-invasive, the screening update goes up to 97%. For those who actually refuse to have a colonoscopy, they're more willing to do a stool sample and blood test because it's more easy and convenient. And in that combined uh, testing, right, there's about 60 to 80% Sensitivity in picking up real cancer, but of course, all the screening tool cannot pick up hundred percent. But the sensitivity that means about roughly about sixty to eighty percent.
0: Talk to me a little bit more about the idea of this early detection through our existing cancer screening program in Singapore. Has this made a dent in terms of colorectal cancer rates?
1: Uh, I would think so because we are actually detecting. For personally, on for my personal. Experience Actually, I'm seeing more early-stage uh, cancer from all sorts because of uh, early screening. So, for example, breast cancer, there's no symptoms at all. We've picked up early a um, few mm cancers on a mammogram. And colon cancer, we've detected even uh, polyps uh, they are just beginning, becoming cancerous, that's been screened, and there's no symptoms at all. And then you remove it, it's considered a cure with no need for any further treatment such as chemotherapy. So so we do know that only about 5 to 10% of polyps are cancerous so picking can, uh, picking up these cancerous polyps early on in in stages you don't even have to go to the what we call a a full operation to remove the colon but just uh, going to remove it uh, using the endoscopy technique as well so actually there's a high chance of cure uh, with early detection and this kind of uh, uh, screening, it, it, it go back to uh, again the stool sample first, is using a fecal immunoassay. What happens that it actually detected uh, uh, this uh, using antibodies to, de- to de- directed against a human hemoglobin, detect- it's detecting a blood loss, because a polyps or early stage colon cancer will lose some blood, and this blood, a minute amount, cannot be seen by the naked eye. But if you do this, a uh, special test test you actually can see it, and the accuracy has been quoted between sixty to eighty percent that there is indeed a colon cancer. We were able to pick it up. And some people do not fancy uh, stool uh, test testing because it is quite, sometimes quite difficult to collect the stools and then send it off. And there's available new technology. We're using a blood sample as well. We call it a liquid biopsy, just to detect uh, early changes in the DNA, and also can be detected in the blood. But this is not tested in the mass population, but. Mm available now as as part of what we call adjunct tools uh, for those people who do not want to go for colonoscopy so it actually improve on the stool uh, sampling as well so we now have a blood test now now there's also imaging as well there's a CT colonoscopy which we call a virtual colonoscopy for again this is non-invasive using a CT scan by using a bowel preparation just to clear off the bowels so that they can see it a bit more clearer when they do the CT scan and this CT scan uh, able to detect roughly about six millimeter and above of uh, of 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 the polyp or cancer, but very very small polyp and very small cancer, you still cannot see it uh, on a CT scan compared to colonoscopy. Again, these are better than nothing. Of course, if you compare to colonoscopy as a gold standard, not everyone will want to go for colonoscopy because it's invasive and also is also most expensive all among all the costs of. The screening, So the stool sample could be cheapest and then followed by blood sample and followed by imaging and then followed by colonoscopy. Uh, also, also, that amount of invasiveness also increases as well. So that's
0: good that we have that range of options there. Um, and, and actually, that builds into the question that we've got WhatsApp to cross from Mr. Week. 963 Hi, Mr. Wee. Thank you very much. You say you've been recommended to uh, take this by your GP before the fecal test, but you feel uncomfortable doing it because you say you don't know how exactly to do it, whether you're doing it correctly and whether or not this can be effective at all in the first place, especially if you do it incorrectly is what you say ah so that's the thing you're taking it home you've got to prepare a stool sample you're laying down the the the, the toilet roll in the in the in the loo and um, you're, you're, you're putting it into different parts of the stool sample we the average person maybe we feel that we don't know how to do this correctly you know what i mean yes yes so what do you think dr chu i mean if you're really against the idea if you really feel that you're uncomfortable doing it should you ask your gp about the for example the blood test that you were talking about
1: Yeah, this test is a bit new, so only selected uh, institutes have it. It's just been introduced uh, uh, lately. this, This test is actually FDA approved and HSA approved as well. So you can actually get the test now. Because the health service authority has prove it. But I say that this is not been tested in a worldwide population, I mean white population, but it's available and certainly the sensitivity is 81%, about 81%. That means that if there's really cancer, there's 80% chance of detecting it as cancer as well. The specificity is 99%. So it is, that means it is negative, then that means it actually proves people with negative to be negative. Um, so this is actually mirrors that of a fecal uh, testing as uh, stool testing so it's also a bit equivalent so some people eventually may think that a blood test will be a substitute for these two but uh, as, as I said it's quite new so it's not been recommended across board they said this will replace it's also more expensive as well a uh, test you know is, is cheaper uh, to do uh, but I think in, in, in the future I think this will become uh, more popular per se but at the moment the evidence has not Say that we should do a mass uh, recommendation. That means it's not going to be uh, rolled out uh, as a mass testing. Whereas the FICA uh, test is actually is uh, as, as available uh, everywhere, uh, even free as well.
0: That's the thing, the convenience factor, right? Yeah. Dr. Chu, Mr. Gan asks, when do I need to do this and how often? Okay, I constantly—I I do address this very often. I love the fact that you're asking, Mr. Gan. Let's get that recommendation. I believe you're probably talking about the nature of the screening tests as well. When should we be doing them and how often, Dr. Chu?
1: Okay, screening for the uh, 2 setting, the FIT uh, K is from age 50 years so, old. Uh, until... So, about 75 years, so 50 to 75, I think we can do it until 80 years. So, I mean, as long as the patient is fit and healthy, you can just continue to do it. But, I recommend it start from 50 years. So, the same thing as colonoscopy, you also can start on our average risk group, which means there's no symptoms, uh, there's no family history, as well as the normal population uh, without any risk. Above 50 years, so you can actually start to do it. And if it's normal, you can repeat it in 10 years' time, 5 to 10 years' time. But the increased risk population, let's say if you have a family member who have colon cancer, especially when the family member is uh, under 50 years old at diagnosis, or you have a history of polyps, and then, then the recommendation for colonoscopy will be uh, more frequent and uh, more, more early as well. So it depends on, on the personal history and whether there's a family history as well. Uh, so this is important.
0: Great question, Mr. Gunn. Thank you very much. Sorry, Dr. Chu, you're adding something.
1: No, no, I think that's it. I think everyone's risk is different. So I think if you go to GP, we have a national guideline yeah. of a screening protocol. and uh, So it's actually very clear to doctors. Uh, so speak to your doctors and it should be very clear from who and when to screen and, and the protocol that's been developed.
0: Dr. Chu, um, thanks for our great questions. It's taken up some of the time, but I, those were important questions to address. Just in our remaining two minutes, talk to us about the power and the benefit of picking it up Early and what it means in terms of treatment options and treatment outcomes if we were able to pick up a precancerous polyp, for example, with a colonoscopy.
1: Okay, so as I say, that there's a double in the incidence rate over the last forty years, but the last forty years has also seen a double of a survival rate from 24% in the 1970s to 60% in the 2010s. So the reason why there's increased survival because colon cancer are diagnosed earlier on the stage, we can just do an operation and remove it. And if the polyp is removed successfully, the chances of cure is over 90%. Although 60% of the polyp does recur within three years, and that's why those with polyp should go for regular chronoscopy one to three years' time. Uh, between one to three years. But if you do not have any family history or no risk at all, from 50 years onwards, should do at least one uh, uh, fecal testing. If you do not want to do that, talk to your doctors about doing a blood test instead. But some form of screening for colon cancer is mandatory, I think, personally, because it's the number one uh, cancer in male for myself and also the second most common cancer after breast cancer in female. So you must not miss this both and diagnosis because it can be cured if detected early. And that is an important message uh, to, to come across, that, that we must do something actively. The other thing that we're inducing the lifestyle, let's say, well, you cannot do well, that. Obesity showed that there's 50% increased risk of colon cancer. So 5kg uh, gain increased the risk by 3%. And red meat consumption increased by 12%. Calcium, mm. vitamin D, fiber, uh, actually all protective. And regular exercise, 150 minutes per week, actually reduce the risk as well. So we have to go for primary prevention. We can do a secondary screening and after that, you come to our role where we treat patients and we try to introduce modern technology and and innovation for that. But we do not want to come to the third stage where you go for treatment. You go for primary prevention and secondary screening and then you can be cured by surgery alone. That is the ideal situation.
0: So you see there's a great powerful message here. There's a lot we can do in terms of lifestyle choices and changes. And there's a lot we can do in terms of being good with our following the protocols and the recommendations of the programs in terms of doing our regular screenings. As Dr. Chu mentioned, speak to your healthcare provider, your, phys- your, your family physician, start there even if you need to, and, and learn about whether it's about the fecal test, whether it's about the blood test, Limited clinics that that might be available in, of course, starting the regimen of the colonoscopy, especially once over the age of 50 and always recognising whether or not there was a family history for you as well. Dr. Chu, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for all your advice today. Dr. Chu bok joining me, Senior Consultant in Radiation Oncology at Icon Cancer Centre. Health Matters, brought to you by Acumen Diagnostics. For more information, please call 8339-8766. Before making any decisions based on the information in our program, please consult a medical professional.